Hey everybody, David Williams here, CEO of Care3 and your host of the Treat Us Right podcast. It's the podcast that makes healthcare work for us. Welcome to the latest episode called Document. So this season we've been talking about what happens when you're thrust into a situation where your healthcare or the healthcare of your loved one has to be managed on a regular basis. You may be managing a chronic condition for yourself. You may be helping someone else that you love deal with their health issue. And what we have been talking about is how do we deal with these situations? And we've talked about the fact that there are lifestyle changes that occur as a result of having to deal with a chronic condition that you may have for the rest of your life. And so you have to change the way you approach your overall daily life. And that's okay. Sometimes it's more difficult in certain situations than in others, but we can do it. You can do it. So we talked about the two lifestyle changes that occur. One, you actually have to have a behavioral change that you're taking on as a result of the chronic condition itself. What requirements do you have to meet in order to live the most healthy life? And the second lifestyle change is the more frequent interaction with the healthcare system and what their expectations are. What we're going to talk about today is how do you make the best of that lifestyle change? How do you make the best out of interactions with the healthcare system, with your doctor, with nurses, with therapists, social workers, any people who are charged with helping you or your loved one live your best life, deal with the conditions that you're facing? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because if you can do that, if you can interact with the healthcare system in the most positive manner, you will get better care. Let me say that again. If you improve and maximize the interactions you have with the healthcare system, you will receive better care. And remember, what's the Treat Us Right podcast all about? Making healthcare work for us. So let's jump in. The name of this episode is called Document. And the reason why is because the best way to improve the interactions you have with your healthcare team is to document health experiences, and care experiences that happen over time. Documenting health experiences and care experiences over time gives you the information you need to properly relay the experiences that have been had in between doctor visits, after hospital stays, so that the healthcare system, the team, can ultra-personalize the treatments that you or your loved one will receive. 
The goal is to get personalized treatment that maximizes your chance of living your best. The reason why we're documenting these experiences is because healthcare professionals work better when they have data. That's why we talked about before the second question that a doctor always asks you after they ask you, how are you feeling, is what has happened since the last visit? It's because they're trying to get a data set together that allows them to ultra-personalize your care. So the better you are at documenting that information, the better you are at delivering that information to the care team, the better they're going to be at personalizing your care personalizing your treatments. If you do not provide them this information, if you do not give them more than the basics of what you can remember in the moment, then doctors and other care professionals revert back to whatever clinical data or evidence that they have at their disposal that they can match what they perceive to be your experience. And that clinical evidence may not match your experience at all. That medical evidence that's tied to your condition may not actually match your experience. For example, most clinical data in highly, highly prevalent diseases don't have many people of color at all in the clinical trial. So if you're a person of color, then the doctor is going to revert to what they call medical evidence that may not actually apply to you demographically. If that's the case, then you're not giving yourself the best chance of getting personalized treatment. So what you want to do is provide the care team information on your experience because then they can use the information that they learned in school and the medical evidence that's out there now, but then customize it for your experience. Customize it for you. That is the goal because the more information they have, the better they can customize your treatment, the better chance you'll have to getting the best outcomes and faster, less trial and error. You don't have to try five meds before you find the right one. Maybe you get it the first time. So that means all that time that you're spending over the course of those five meds having up and down experiences is avoided. And you live your best life faster. That's what documenting health and care experiences can do for you. Now, you're asking... What are health and care experiences? What do I have to document? Great question. Here's what you do. When you're documenting, and you can do this many ways, we're going to talk about in a minute how you document this stuff. But what you document is when you have appointments and what the outcomes of those appointments are. What did the doctor say to do? You actually capture that information. That way you know what you're supposed to do. You know what care steps to take. And you have it documented to do it. And sometimes they can provide you documentation on what they want to do. You might call it a care plan, and you may get that from your doctor, like a PDF or something. That's great. That's fine. But that's part of documentation, knowing what to do 
when you go to an appointment knowing what to do afterward. Okay? So that's one, appointments. The second, any activities of daily living that are tied to the success of your particular condition. Activities of daily living include bathing, grooming, light housekeeping, uh, nutrition, and diet, right? Those are the four areas that constitute activities of daily living. If your condition is not affected by the activities of daily living, they're non-medical, but there are many conditions that if you are grooming yourself, that is a sign of positive care. So the more that you groom, the better your outcomes will be. That's important. Or if you don't have the functional capability or a loved one doesn't have the functional capability to bathe oneself, well, you want to help them bathe because that keeps them clean and it keeps them infection-free. So those are things that are activities of daily living that may be part of the treatment plan because it helps you live your best life given what that condition is. Okay? Then you get into things around symptoms, Okay, symptoms of your condition. You want to document how you're experiencing those symptoms, whether it's none, mild, moderate, or severe. And you want to do that over time. It may not matter that you're doing it every day, but you may want to do it every week. Sometimes every day is the right way to do it because you want to see the trend. Not only do you want to know what's happening in the moment, so I just said, hey, today I'm having mild nausea. But if tomorrow I have moderate nausea and the next day I have severe nausea, the trend is that I'm getting more and more nausea. And I can feel it because it's me or I'm you know, capturing that information on behalf of my loved one. Well, then you know what? I need to actually pay attention to that. So the trend matters. So this way, documenting that experience each day can help you see trends that you may not notice in the moment that you may not address in the moment. Maybe that escalation isn't day-to-day, but maybe it's over the course of a week, so it kind of creeps up on you. So you want to be able to capture those when they happen because you can take action. So that's why you might want to capture symptom information. Document experience with symptoms. Okay? What about events? Events are things that happen unexpectedly. So to contrast that with symptoms, symptoms are things that you would expect to occur as a result of the condition, okay? Nausea, fatigue, weakness, things like that tend to be items, symptoms that are tied to particular medical conditions. But an event is something that happens that's unexpected, okay? What's an event? An event can be something like an allergic reaction, Okay, maybe you have a rash, maybe you have swelling, maybe you have hives. Things that happen that are unexpected that you want to report because they may be important. You want to document those things and when they happened and then what was the extent of it? Was it none, mild, moderate, severe also? And then what was a trigger? Do you know what may have caused that allergic reaction? Maybe you accidentally ate something. Knowing the triggers can be really helpful for you and for your doctor and the rest of the care team members. An event might also be a fall. If you're a senior, falls are super prevalent and important in understanding what the overall trajectory is for a senior and their quality of life. So if there's a fall, you you want to capture that. You want to document it. How severe was it? Was there an emergency visit or hospitalization as a result? Your doctors are 100% going to want to know that. 
An event might be a seizure. Today, this morning, my son had a seizure. Once we realized he was stable and okay, I documented that seizure. I said when it was, what happened, how severe was it, how did it compare with other seizures he has had? And added that to my documentation of his experiences over time. So I can see his trends. So I can understand what experiences he's having. And we can have a better conversation with his doctors. And it's led to treatment changes. That's what it's all about. And the results have been fantastic just by capturing these symptoms and the fact that, yes, he had a seizure today, but prior to today, he hadn't had a seizure for over a month. Prior to that before, he had gotten to the point where he was having a seizure a week. And our whole goal was to extend the periods between seizures. That's the action you can take if you're documenting those experiences. You're not trying to remember when the last one was. You know when the last one was. So when you're documenting that event, you're going to want to capture the information and you're going to want to see if there are trends involved as well. So for an event, you want to know the type of event, like allergic reaction or fall, seizure. You want the date and time. You want any triggers. You want to capture if there were any medications that were given to address that event. And then what was the reaction to that medication? What area was affected? Like if there was a fall, did they fall on their left arm? You want to know whether or not there was an emergency visit or a hospital stay. And then you're going to add any notes for context. So anytime you're documenting, you want to put all that information in. It sounds like it's work, but it's actually not because you're kind of doing it already. You're already making these observations in the moment. All you want to do is capture that. You could take notes, you know, using your voice memos. There are all kinds of technologies. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there are many different ways that you can document this stuff quickly. But then you have it when it's necessary and you don't forget. Okay? So what else do you want to document? You may want to document clinical measures, measures, values, things that are are numbers that matter. You hear a lot of people talking about numbers when you're talking about your weight, your height, your body mass index, your body fat level, your oxygen level, heart rate, blood pressure, all of those can be clinically relevant metrics of your health given your condition. So you may want to capture those over time so that you can again see those trends. Okay, It's just an understanding of what your condition requires and what those metrics are, and then you'll be able to set up ways to document them. And you'll also know the cadence at which you need to document them. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be daily. It could be weekly. It could be multiple times a day. It just kind of depends on what the condition requires for you to live your best or for your loved one to live their best. So... What we're doing is showing you what the pros do, okay? The pros, the healthcare professionals, document health and care experiences. That's what they do because they're looking for information that helps them personalize care. What you're doing is taking on that role for them when you're outside 
of the healthcare system when you're not in a facility. Because you can use that data too. It's not just for them, it's for you to take action on your own behalf or the behalf of your loved one to make them live better. That's what life is all about. So do this for yourself, for your loved one, but activate the care team with this information. Get them thinking harder about you, about your loved one, and about their health. That is what you want them to do. Make healthcare work for us. And this is how you do it. Documenting your health experiences gives the healthcare system the data they need to ultra-personalize your care. To make sure they're treating you and not a number or an algorithm. That's what documenting health and care experiences does. Okay? I already gave you an example of how my son had a seizure and what we documented. I can give you more examples, like he had an allergic reaction. This is how I documented it. There are many situations that you can see where documenting what happened can help you. Now you just need ways to document them. And there are a number of different technologies that you can use. I mentioned earlier using voice memos or just taking a recording on your phone and to literally talk in exactly what happened. That would give you an ongoing record of what has happened, what the health and care experiences are. That would absolutely do that. And that's something that sits there on your phone and allows you to capture that information. The con to that is that it's not searchable or it's not, it's not information that you can then parse. It's just all one recording, but that's okay. It's better to have it than not to, okay? You could also use something like you know, Microsoft Excel, something that, you know, like a spreadsheet or a Microsoft Word, just some kind of document that allows you to just type in some things that allow you to... You know, put in the information and just kind of capture in prose all the different things that happen. So that way, when you have that information, you are now uh, creating an entire log of those experiences. And that's great. And that works because then you can share that information, print it out, share it with the doctor too, and then use it yourself. And you can kind of refer back to the past and see. It's a little hard to administer. That's the con. Because you have this, you know, massive set of pages over time of things that you have to go through. I mean, that you can use search functions and things like that um, to find all that information, whether it's in a spreadsheet or a Word file or, or, or something similar. What I've done as an experienced person in this space is built Care 3 to do exactly this. But not only to document all of these things, but also to share them with other family members. Because a lot of limitations of technologies are we can capture the information in some way, shape, or form, but it's difficult to share. It's difficult to get to the people who are far away from us, our remote family members, give them information that they may want, and do so in a way that is efficient for us, where we're not necessarily having to spend all of our time telling the same story 16 times to our family members. So Care3 is actually built to document care experiences and to share them, not only with other family members, as mentioned, but also with the care team. Care 3 is HIPAA compliant. So your care team can actually engage on the platform with you. 
So you can document on CARE 3 an appointment and what happened. You can document a symptom and what severity it was. You can trend that with charts that are automatically generated by the system. You can capture events and add all that information that we talked about, how severe was it, what was the trigger, all those unexpected events that can occur. You can capture those activities of daily living, whether or not they were done, and then what happened as a result. You can capture the clinical values. We talked about heart rate, blood pressure, and then see those trending over time so you can take action as needed. All of that across dozens of conditions and care situations can be done by Care 3 with a free mobile app. I mentioned in the last episode that we also have Care 3 Premium, where we help you do all of this for a fee. We absolutely will. Especially when you have multiple people that you have to care for, perhaps including yourself. We're there. We've done it. We do it now. Like I said, I I have a situation where I'm dealing with multiple people in my family having serious life issues, serious healthcare situations. We use Care 3 to manage all that information, to share it with all the relevant family members, and to include that data when we have conversations with our care teams. It works. They're so impressed. That's why we do it. Because now we know we're getting personalized care for ourselves and our loved ones. And you can too. So, try it out. Download the free Care3 app on Google Play, as well as on the App Store. And give it a try. You'll see your health timeline right when you log in, right when you register, sign up, get to your home screen, and you're going to be able to document your health and care experiences from the start. In fact, your My Health timeline will be automating a few things for you to understand what's happening with your care and your mental health. Because we all have stresses. We all have anxieties. So each of the health timelines that we start you with actually walk you through 30 days of just looking at your mental health. Take advantage of that. It teaches you how to use Care3, but then it also allows you to do it for yourself right away. And then if you see this would be valuable for others, then you can invite them to Care3. Or you can add a timeline for a loved one and do the same things for them. That's what we're talking about. That's what Care3 is about. So call to action for this episode. Download the free Care3 app on the App Store and Google Play. And if you're interested in learning about Care3 Premium, then check out care3.co slash premium or care3.co slash families to learn more. That'll do it for the Treat Us Right podcast for this episode. Document. Take care, and we'll catch you on the next episode.